This is the Exquisite Redemption Podcast, where we discuss neighboring, neighborhoods, neighborhood revitalization, and why I love chasing those wild turkeys down my own neighborhood street. Last time on the Exquisite Redemption Podcast. I'd say pretty much ever since. So we met through the CSO, but we didn't so The idea of what welfare is is usually with the TANF Our state uses a lot of false data analytics to to verify the value of a human being, to verify the value of a human being, to verify the value of a human being. 14, 15. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. Plans have changed. This is going to be part two of three for Kat and Jana's superpower episode. Kat and Jana last week, they started out telling their story. Kat and Jana, their final piece of their interview will be airing in the next episode. Because a coworker of mine, a friend of mine, Juan, decided to join in on the conversation. and He just shared his story a little bit. And Juan's interview allows for a greater insight into the relational dynamics within the culture of a bureaucratic state and a bureaucratic office space. So I felt like it was really important to ask Juan if he would be willing to share part of his story. And I'm honored that he would sit down and just, he was exceptionally honest. Right after Juan is the interview with Bobby. She tells a little bit about her story. There's a focus on relationship caring for one another, being kind to one another, seemingly simple concepts. When you place these concepts within a bureaucratic state, it makes it much more difficult. And I'm just gonna go ahead and say my closing statement now. Spokane, don't forget your grit and grime because that's part of your redemption process too. Um, actually got hired on and I remember thinking to myself, hey, this is a pretty cool job. Everybody, everybody's relaxed. Everybody gets along with each other. I never had a job like that where people actually retire from that place of environment. Everything was localized. You could talk to so-and-so people in my office, like knew on a first name basis because everything was localized. And then as the years went by after the recession, in my opinion, I... I think after that recession, they did a hiring freeze and they tried to like uh, shake the ground a little bit. Started getting a little bit more, uh, shall we say, hectic. Everything moved to a statewide call center because I did work for the call center. Nothing was local anymore. This was when I was in the uh, child care uh, unit. Basically, what started the negativity, in my opinion, was our Spokane unit versus the Tri-Cities unit versus the Yakima unit versus the Wenatchee unit versus the Moses Lake unit. You're so stupid. All that kind of stuff. It was a complete show. Yeah, every everything was like, okay, this office does their own procedures this way. Our office does it this way. That office does it this way. But no one could get on the same page on actual plan and format to work with each other. So I think that's when all that crap started. You're totally like a robot. You're handcuffed to your desk. You gotta raise your hand if you need to go to the bathroom. It was kind of crazy, but you know, that's the way they wanted it. Is that good customer service? I believe it brought down our, our batch to a good number, but I think 
you know, we've focused too much on getting those numbers in and not having a backlog, which is actually helping our clientele. Which, you know, okay, going back to uh, doing financial intake, I got a promotion. I became a workforce program specialist, which is pretty good. And then next thing you know, you know, they, things started to change again. They brought in, you know, the WFO and they brought in, you know, lobby queue times. Uh, everybody was coded with different colors. White, red, green, white, red, green. So deep in mind, I was like, okay, this is set up to help us out. Who's going to be signed to what and all that kind of fun stuff. Is this still helping the clientele? Uh, yeah, sure. Sure, maybe. Maybe the wait times are getting lower because this is all analytics, which I'm a huge fan of analytics. I like data capturing. As much as it helps out, I don't think it helps out in our field of work. I don't think we should be within numbers. I don't think a person should be a color. Just kind of started to see a change in management. It seemed like management was just kind of like quiet. I felt like, you know, I really, really felt the feeling of, you know, you're being watched, which I get, you know, yeah, we should be watched. You know, we're workers. We have a superiority authority figure that we, you know, report to and whatnot. So yeah, but it was just kind of weird. You know, it was like a quiet type of watch, you know, where you don't get any constructive feedback. Thing was basically in, in terms of, you know, okay, this is what you got to do. We're going to see you on a quarterly basis, yada, 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 yada. I feel like we're just kind of going through the motions now. There's nothing personal about, um, SHS anymore. Everybody's just kind of on the move. Everybody's like a robot seeing clients and whatnot. Everything is portrayed in a world of data. I don't think that's for everybody. I think like me personally, like I know about data and anal analytics. I studied that in college, but I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think our management really knows what the fuck they're doing when it comes to analytics and data. So basically, in my opinion to them, um, data and analytics, what they're looking at, you know, the matrix, the, the green screen where those uh, that coding's coming down, I think it's more used as kind of like a crutch. For example, I'm sitting through my quarterly one-on-one. -on -one. Just for example, we're going over WFO times, you know, how come you're, how come you're taking 30-minute breaks? You know, well, I'm not taking 30-minute breaks. I hardly take breaks at all, but if we want to talk about breaks, you know, I forgot to sign back in. So I think it's just kind of like stuff to kind of use against the worker it almost feels like they're collecting data to use against you in a negative way and that might be kind of overseen it that way i think if you don't have the the proper mindset when looking at that kind of stuff it could be used in a negative way and i think that's kind of where it's at right now so you feel like it's very impersonal that the data your the supervisory team is gathering is more for a punitive measure of what you're not doing right. I don't think it's helping us out the way it's the way it's designed to to help us out. And the overall big picture of things, you know, this data is redundant. It's it's not cap capturing all the work that what we do as WPSs. So Juan, maybe you could touch on why you call in sick. I have I I'm a type two diabetes. I'll probably be insulin dependent here in the next you know five years. That's just the way my body rolls. The disease itself is takes a toll on your body. Obviously, you know sometimes you just kind of um, you don't feel like doing anything at all. You know you're you're weak. You're irritable. Just feeling down. And I, and I think also too is that. It takes a huge step towards your uh, your mental health as well. The way I look at diabetes is, you know, you got excessive sugar in your blood. Um, that sugar in your blood is kind of like razor blade. So it's going to go through your brain and, you know, that's 
never good. Obviously why it's important to keep that, those blood sugars down. I think it affects not only my body, but I think it's affecting uh, mental health. I do have PTSD from when I was in the military. I've witnessed one person commit suicide. I've seen three dead bodies of people that have committed suicide. And, uh, you know, I, I witnessed somebody basically get their head chopped off on the flight deck of an aircraft carrier by a helicopter. As years go by, that stuff kind of just wears on you and wears on you and wears on you. I had a good control of my mental health. I think just as you get older, it just, like I said, it just wears on you. And with the job as well, you're in a position where you're constantly second guessing yourself. You know, you have your supervisor telling you stuff that is not true but they only want to listen to what they want to listen to there's no way to get around that you try and explain explain but it is what it is if i do happen to miss work and whatnot yeah i just totally feel like shit. not only that you know i'm going through with the uh gri the grief stricken thoughts of oh man it's everybody at work thinking about oh man they probably think i'm a loser oh man you know so so it it's, it just kind of like collapses on itself. Say I'm off for like three days straight. I'll just kind of look at the ceiling and just kind of like think to myself like, geez, I'm just a complete piece of shit, you know? Nothing like, you know, like I want to like, you know, harm myself or anything like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I, I, it's depression, you know what I mean? Depression, you know, I start thinking about, you know, what other people start thinking about me or what are they saying about me at work? I don't think they do. They might say it underneath their breath or whatever, but you know, that, that anxiety starts to pick up as well. Kind of like what I, what I go through, um, when I, when I do miss work. Like, I get it. Human beings just have this reactionary thought to where, like, if something is going on, they all have to kind of, like, uh, kind of get on board and agree with what everybody else says. Kind of like, uh, have you ever seen The Simpsons? Juan, I need to confess something. I've never seen a full episode of The Simpsons. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Okay. Well, anyway, on The Simpsons, The Simpsons uh, kind of just depicts this on, like, how exactly mob mentality like i was watching this one episode uh, i don't i couldn't even tell you what episode it was but the situation as far as the episode goes was trying to get bart because bart cut the head off of the statue or whatever <laughs> so and the statue was like this the founder of springfield so everybody everybody wanted bart you know because bart did a bad thing so you have all these mobs you know going after bart and then all of a sudden you know it's kind of funny like something else happened that caught the mob's attention and then they all went after that situation leaving bart alone <laughs> so yeah that mob mentality is definitely there right, Juan, what would make your workplace a place that you would want to come back to every day day in and day out what would that take well i think first of all is is just kind of working on myself which i've got a pretty good grasp of working on myself means you know i gotta i gotta like exercise i've been reading a lot of about like meditation just mindfulness soulfulness interacting you know with my family more when i was 18 you know i moved out of the house and i went to college in texas so i was you know like 2,000 miles away from my family so I, you know after 18 you know i just kind of i was just kind of my own the lone ranger you know like uh just kind of been out on my own um, after college. You know, I joined the military, sailed around the world three times. 
uh, yeah, yeah. The the 2004 uh, Nimitz incident. I was I was totally on that boat. And um, what they did is call what they call a uh, River City, and what they do is they close all communications from the ship, to where you can't email out. You can't use the POTS line. The POTS line is basically the phone line. The phone line can't call out anywhere. You can't do anything. Everything is just basically uh, secured down. And and yeah, then you're on prepared for battle stations. Well, now the United States Navy is coming out and saying there was a, a UFO incident. There's, there's actually even, uh, even videos that are shown in the jets. And yeah, there's totally something flying about 90 feet from the ocean, just getting closer and closer to the ship. And then all of a sudden takes off, disappears up in the sky like nothing ever happened. Nothing was really, they don't, they don't say nothing now. I mean, hey, that, speaking of which, that's kind of how I feel like leadership is today. They all have their meeting and I get that feeling, you know, I could walk by them having their meeting and to, to get back on that, the whole scene in the world, there was a, a quote from uh, Mark Twain. And I think this resonates with the type of atmosphere that we have at our work. The quote goes like this, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth. And like I said, I've, I've traveled around the world and I've seen different aspects of life and, and life in general is awesome. Different cultures are awesome experiencing that. It's just kind of sad to turn on the news at night and hear about all these different countries, uh, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Mexican, you know, and you hear all this negativity. And until you're actually there, you shouldn't talk about it or you shouldn't have your biased opinion about what other people do and what other people are trying to do and whatnot. That quote resonated with me because I think that's kind of like what the mindset of an actual leader in our line of work with DSHS should be. And me personally, I'm not, I'm not a good speaker. If I wanted a promotion, I'd be excellent for the job. Yeah, totally. I could sit there and say that, but I don't know how to transform that into the, the process that they want. It's just, it's, it's weird. You know, you, you think something and like they come out with the roundhouse hook and like, Oh, nope, that's not what we we're looking for. It's like, Okay. And it's just, you know, kind of demoralizing by there. But in all means, I'm not angry about it because I still have a job. I love the people I work with. I can I consider everybody that I work with, uh, you know, my, my brother or sister, you know. We have our little spats and arguments here and there. But at the same time, you know, like in the mindset of things, you know, you got you to gotta get along, you know. I mean, I see, I see you guys more than I see my own children which is very very sad you know you can't count sleep and all that kind of stuff I don't see my kid when I sleep you know so I see my son my son is two and a half years old I see him for one hour in the morning then I see him for let's see here I get home at about 4 30 5 30 so I see him about four hours a day um my co-workers I see them for about nine hours a day I don't know there's just a lot of things that are on my mind as far as you know um the world go like do we really need to work 40 hours you know a week but you look at data talking back to data and stuff like that they're saying that the average worker you know only produces maybe like two hours a day which is probably true i'm not saying that we're all a bunch of slackers or anything but who can honestly sit there and pound out work for eight hours a day especially with all the automation that we have going on plus that's not a, that's not in our nature because we're we're constantly dealing with uh with clients and people and whatnot so then what tangible practices might 
guide us down this path within the workplace that we do work in at this time. I'm definitely a doer, go-getter. If you give me a task, I'm going to make sure it's done. But I'm not one to, I guess, come up with the task. Um, I, You know, I, I don't know. I, as far as work goes, I think it can be better taking out all the automated stuff. I could see if we worked in a data center. <laughs> you know, I guess my mind's just consistently racing, you know. I do have attention deficit disorder. Um, as you could tell on this. I turn around and start talking about another subject. Oh, good, dude. I, understand your, I understand your line of thinking. I totally have it. Yeah, totally. Everything I hear about everybody at work is, is positive, you know, and I try to bring a smile to people's face every day, you know, and I try to be that good person that could hopefully... You know, if someone's having a, good, a bad day, hopefully I could say something nice and turn that day around. I mean, you got to think about it. We have about 100 plus people that go to work every day and not all 100 of them are going to be in a super good mood. I would say maybe like two people out of that 100 are in a super good mood that are <laughs> fully charged up, ready and motivated to go to work. You know, I like I tend to call it um, autopilot mode. Yeah. But but yeah, you know, if I could if I could say something nice to someone and have that resonate with them for the rest of their day then I, I've done a good thing for you know not only myself but you know just in the sense of life and humanity and you know love as it is bye bye I am more focused on my job, the best work I could do for the client and the community. I think because I have that certain work ethic, it aligned me with Kat and Jana. They have the same work ethic, like not the same, but similar. We have these deep conversations about how to do better in the office, how to, um, help our clients I'm one that I could sit in my cube and work all day what do you see as kind of some themes relationally within the office between co-workers I think with the population that we have there's an energy that walks into the lobby I think that the energies of other people that walk into that like the homeless, the chemical potent, the traumatized, like those are such deep energies. And I think that energy is kind of, I think it radiates throughout our office a little bit. So you have that weight. If you're a deep feeler, if you're empathetic, if you have a heart and if you're there for the right reasons, it's going to affect you. Me, I feel like my weight kind of leans that way. It even sometimes takes me a little bit of time to stop the thought process of after somebody leaving the office. Like when we were just talking about uh, clients, a couple that mm -hmm. came in and just they're young and all the stuff that they're dealing with. They've been homeless since they were 13, 14 years old. She 
was has been homeless since she was 12, mm -hmm. right? I think he's maybe 21. He's 22 and 22. she's 21. And or vice versa, yeah. And their brain and people's brain development do doesn't even stop till 25. Right. Right. So that's just one family that came in. We're working with the most vulnerable populations. Yeah, there is this population that we have now. They're, I think they're struggling. Mm. I think they're struggling to find their way, lack of resources, lack of direction. You know, you, you, you wonder about the family dynamic, uh, their housing, their whole situation. Because we are working with individuals and little family units who come from a long line of intergenerational systemic poverty. Mm-hmm. When they walk through that door, understanding like the mindset of poverty. The programs are set up middle class program. Middle class is a certain idea of how life should be, like either career driven, achievement driven, family dynamics, the kids are in sports, the traditions, vacations. In our office, we even even down to us sending letters out. That is a middle class thing, and our programs are set up saying this is what you need to do, and this is this is what we think you need. Being on time, to I mean, just showing up. Eighty percent of success right there where they're just trying to put out fires and can't think of past the day by the minute that, that they wake up and have to figure out where they're going to go eat to who are they going to be able to connect to to get the things done where middle class people you know we have insurance we have a home do you feel like you're supported your by the leadership in our region for DSHS. Is there any company that feels like they're supported by their leadership? Absolutely. Really? Oh, okay. Very much so. Okay. Um, so that question you just asked is very telling. <laughs> well, it, it kind of like fits the dynamic of the department. We have these top people, maybe over in Olympia at headquarters and policy making these decisions for us as the line workers to implement and say, you guys got to do this. It's like you do have the people in Nova Olympia that are dictating our policies and like, okay, we know what's best for people. We are going to put something in place. So they take that information, take it to region. It, it just goes down the pipes to supervisors and then supervisors are like, okay, line crew, this is what we have to do. This is what we need to verify. This is what we need to help to make the poverty, you know, rise up. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about, do I feel like leadership is supportive? I think it's on the same line that there's these decisions that are made. They need to involve us line people to see if it's even manageable and workable that kind of sounds like maybe what our clients might feel like like this couple we met with today he has an eighth grade education yeah and that's he's like yeah i might i'm getting my ged don't know if i want to go to college because college and 
and life skills are two separate things and the idea that education could pull you out of the situation you're in is not on his radar at this time. And you and I would be like, what do you mean? You need to have that four-year degree. But him, he's thinking, I want to live off the land. I want to make windmills. And I want to have solar paneling, right? right? And I don't need education for that. And you and I are like, but yeah, you do. You need education. But that's not what's important to him at this time. Retain you, Queen Bobbyel. So we build a relationship with the clients that come in. I feel everyone in the office, we're all there for a reason and a purpose is to help the community economically, I think is a part of all of our DNA. The fact that people call in a lot, call in sick a lot, mm-hmm. or you know, people don't last very long at mm-hmm. DSHS's employees, what process to um, make it so people feel like they want to come to work and they don't call in sick mm-hmm. and what do you think is the remedy for that you know I don't even know I just feel like the we need to build trust as we do with our clients we need to build trust and understanding between each other at work there has to be some type of balance social workers are no better than the workforce people no better than the financial people we're all in this together. We are, Bobby. We are all in this together. No, it's true. So, and I was like, I don't know. Everyone seems really tired <laughs> and almost oppressed when I first started working, for sure. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't know if it has anything to do with pay, but I think it's bigger than that. There's a little bit of territorial. Very uh, much. Uh, no, so there's a lot of people that give their mark. Yes. I yeah. think it's unfortunate. I think some people that have been there for a long time feel like some type of sense of entitlement. Over what? I don't know. Sometimes I want to like put in a weird word, like yeah. I'm getting pizza in the middle of an assessment. So right. if anyone knows this, right. right. I think, or in a case note, like Bobby L, queen of heaven and hell. <laughs> <laughs> she loves ice cream and so do I. <laughs> like, there was... Between the team I'm working with and your team, there was a lack of communication, there sort of? There is a lack of communication. Do you feel like it's gotten better? No. How can we improve in our communication? Uh, well, I think we need to build trust. Do you feel like there's not trust? No. How do we change that? What needs to happen? I think the people above us need to show a sense of bond and trust and commitment and relationship building with each other. You feel like the supervisors could lead the way in creating more of a team building and community. Absolutely. But do you feel like the workers, the TANF social workers and the workforce program specialists trust one another? Or have you seen um, that? There's work to be done, but I don't know how... I don't think we're going to be able to do it on our level. I think there needs to be some support from the top. Or not from the top, but from the supervisor. Because I will tell you, I trust you guys implicitly. I think you're wonderful. I don't have a reason to not trust you. Right. Unless you're trying to poison me at lunch or something. Right. <laughs> no, that's silly. That. We'll cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> you can just tell a person's heart. Mm. You know what I mean? Everyone's heart has good. We are good. And I'm going to say this, but I'll cut it out. That's what we call her at this house. She's so irritable and bitter, but I 
dare I say, even love her. I can empathize with the fact that she's been with the state for so long. For yeah. Me. She's pretty prickly. I'm a deep feeler. Yes, you are. And, and you, you feel others, people's energy. So yes, you're so sensitive I that do. way. I am. <laughs> I know. You are Bobby. I don't know if that's good or bad. It's human. It's, it's very human. human. Yes. It helps us understand one another and connect with the other, mm -hmm. right? So when I feel clients' pain, that's where my heart is in my mind. And then I hear it. Rah, rah, rah. It, it puts a little shock through. You're saying the same exact thing that Kat and Janice said. Basically, we are experiencing with other people, we can become complacent to that because we hear it so much. But here we are. We're supposed to be lifting one another up. Mm -hmm. Instead, many times we oppress one another. Right. If I'm here to support people as they walk through the door, yet I'm doing micro-verbalized aggression mm -hmm. towards my coworker or being sarcastic, how is that going to help the process? Right. Like, do you think that when people are in front of clients and they're sharing their story, their trauma, their experiences, where some of us maybe suppress it and they, we feel it, but others it affects them differently and that's maybe how they lash out like do you think that's the repercussions of feeling and hearing stories for so many years i think it's like secondhand smoke yeah i think that's it's the true. same exact thing mm -hmm. except it's into your soul yeah how do we as co-workers as people, how do we create a community where people are free to have those open conversations and connect with one another in a way that's supportive? You know, when we hear those stories over and over again, how can it not like settle in your bones? Right, right. I think people tell stories in their head. Can you give an example of what that might look like? Certain families come in maybe workforce case manager has spent a lot of time with them maybe the end result of them walking out the door or coming in and seeing social worker are the decisions that are made is it for the client or is it in spite of what was already put in front of you what i hear you saying is anytime there's a family meets with a social worker you would want to sit down with the social worker and say, okay, this is what I have so far. What do you have? I w would really like to have more working together. You are wonderful. <laughs> no, Bobby, this you is all are. selfish. This is all a selfish thing. I'm doing recon right now. What's recon? <laughs> like it's my selfish way of getting to know you better. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast. <laughs> Oh, this is really good. Do you think your sentiments are similar throughout your team? I could not read somebody else's mind on what level they feel. But do you feel like have other people on your team, no naming names, but have you heard other people on your team saying the same thing? I don't know how people wake up in the morning and, and feel about coming in. Do they feel like, is it just a job or is this like a passion? Like, I think everybody's on their own level. Like, but do you think, have you heard anyone on your team say, I really wish we had more communication happening? Oh yeah. Communication and trust. Are there people that are creating lack of trust? Mm-hmm. 
I attempt and if I feel a certain energy like it I have to just go back to focusing on what I enjoy doing what could we do better what do you mean your team your team or to together build a relationship a, a better relationship I think it's just like how you and I've been practicing, just like going up to each other. Mm-hmm. Just saying, hey, what do you think about this? Right. It yeah. shouldn't be that hard. That's actually uh, how it's supposed to be done. I mean, there's, I, I think we need to kind of go back to basics. We are supposed to do case staffings. We are supposed to bring things to the table. Supervisors are supposed to be involved. Supervisors are supposed to be involved with the clients more. I mean, I feel like we need to go back to basics, to the basics. Mm-hmm. If we wanted to, we could be a good example to that. Kat's Absolutely. a great example. Jan is an awesome mm-hmm. example. Dennis, he's so funny. Mm-hmm. I love him. I love uh, him. Me too. We call each other sisters. <laughs> really? Yeah, because him and I were wearing pink shirts <laughs> <laughs> the same day. Juan and I, like Juan, yeah. I, I think you end up being drawn to the people in the same alpha. Bada boom, bada bing. Let's make love, not war, Babiel. Mm-hmm. It takes a long, like... It shouldn't, I don't think it's, it's re- it takes an unnecessarily long time for that to happen. It's weird. I think people underestimate the, the job and the training. I think Bobby just hit right on target. I think that's exactly what we need to do. Just be kind to each other? What? Anybody that listens to this probably would be, they're going to have a nice, (laughs) deep sleep. (laughs) I'm going to cut and slice and paste it, and it's going to be kick-ass. Maybe five minutes worth of good stuff. There's going to be some good stuff. There really is, I promise. I didn't tell a story. Do you want to tell a story? I'll come back to you.